Circa. Love the world you live in, and we will help you explore it. For me, I don't do a lot of long form um, just because there are a lot less opportunities to do long form. So I always try to sneak in my personality in every kind of piece, you know, whether it's, you know, describing a giraffe having the gait of a supermodel um, or like a certain color. Because to me, like, those are the things that I find interesting and I chuckle about, and that's very me. But I have to sort of always adhere to the style of the publication I'm writing for. So, um, you know, it can't be too humorous or, you know, overly descriptive if it's a very straightforward piece because that stuff ends up getting edited out. That's Nicole on the balance between being yourself and writing to assignment and an established style. I spoke to Nicole many times from her home in London, England, to get to the bottom of what makes a travel writer's life. And we did just that. So we're sharing it with you in this Circa Journey series for all you aspiring writers. Today, episode seven, A Writer's Perspective. Nicole muses about knowing when to put your personality on the page and when to let the trip speak for itself. She talks about suddenly sounding so much more British when writing for a UK audience and how to study the publications you're writing for and how to change or tweak your voice to suit them. This is great stuff. And so, as always, here is Nicole, somewhere in Norway, with an unexpected story about self-editing. Or, in this case, not. Um, I remember when I was doing a piece, I was doing a piece on um, ski touring in Norway. And ski touring is this very solitary activity where you're just kind of like trundling along in the snow. And it's sort of like cross-country skiing with like a, maybe a little bit more skill involved. You just spend hours on the ice. And I found myself getting really uh, emotional during this time. And there are things, there are all these things that come up when there's nothing around to distract you and you're doing this very kind of monotonous physical activity. Um, and I remember I was like just kind of talking to my father who had passed away while I was doing the ski touring. And that was something that I, that's something I do in dreams. Like I dream all the, I have these really vivid dreams all the, all the time. And I have these big conversations with my dad in, in my dreams. And I actually, like, when I was writing the piece later, I was like, I'm going to put this in the piece. Like, if it gets if it gets cut, it gets cut. Um, but it made it into the piece, and I was really happy that it did because I think it added so much more to the piece. And it made me think that adding your own perspective on things, one, it makes the piece more interesting. You know, that it's an inherent human quality to want to say, yes, me too, to be able to relate. And everyone can relate to, you know, the idea of loss. Um, you know, to give raw emotions a context. Because when you're traveling, you're seeing and writing about traveling, you're seeing the world through your own lens. So it's all your own experiences, your own prejudices. So when you're writing, you're not saying this is how it is. You're saying this is how it is for me. So when you explicitly add your own perspective in a piece and, you know, introduce the idea that there's a writer there, you're reminding the reader of that. You, you shouldn't pull that part back, you know, that that's perspective and that personality and, you know, your kind of human interference, I think sometimes adds richness to a piece. And there's obviously there's a, there's a time where there's too much and there's too much personality and the personality overshadows 
um, and there's sometimes where the piece is just supposed to be personality. You know, you'll get like a famous writer writing a travel piece, and it's because people don't want to hear about that destination; they want to hear about that person in the destination. <laughs> so there's time and place for everything, um, but it is a bit of a balancing act to get it right and not come off as you know too confessional or and or, or too you know your your personality takes over from the the destination or the experience and that shouldn't be the case either. Think about it like you're playing a character actor because I write for a lot of British publications now that I'm based in London and either I do it or my editor does it but I sound much more British <laughs> in the in my, when I write for a British publication than I do from an American publication. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my editor um, just recently had a piece come out in the Times in uh, London, and everything was like, I endeavored to do this. And I was like, I certainly didn't endeavor, but we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> there are like, I mean, if you were writing for, we were talking about Vice earlier, you know, if you're writing a piece for Vice, like you can swear and you can be like, you know, I can be like a full hardcore New Yorker and say, this is bullshit. And <laughs> but then if you're writing for The Times, it's much more buttoned up, much more formal. If I'm writing for an international publication, it's much more formal. You know, you don't want to use turns of phrases and um, colloquialisms that other that people might not get that might not be universal. So um, it is. Yeah, it's always something you have to think about as a freelance travel writer. Condé Nast always has this very chic, glossy, like flowy way of going. Like I love Condé Nast writing. I, I read it, you know, from beginning to end every month. But I was recent, and I wrote a piece for them recently. And then I was writing something for Nat Geo, and I realized, um, and the piece actually just came out for Nat Geo. And a lot of my copy was tweaked, and I was like, oh, I, I kind of missed the mark on this one. Why did my editor end up changing so much? And I realized it was it was because I was in a Condé Nast traveler mindset. It's like way too slick for Nat Geo. Like Nat Geo wants to like be direct, spell it out. You know, like <laughs> let's not like make everything dreamy and beautiful. Let's just say like why it's interesting and how it's cool. And <laughs> we'll be back after the break with Nicole. More tips and tricks for you wannabe travel writers. We'll see you after the break. I think when I'm traveling, I'm myself because that's the only way I can be. <laughs> so um, especially when you're in like a group press trip or a group setting, like you can't, nobody can, uh, at least I can't pretend for that long. You know, I'm going to be myself. But in writing, I find, you know, I, I try to follow the tone of the magazine and I, I do my best to kind of put my personality, sneak it in still, but keep in the tone and, and the rhythm of the magazine. Makes your editor's life a lot easier. In the world of the people who I write for, the hotel means so much. So that's, um, to me, I'm trying to give the people what they want. <laughs> but, you know, I always get asked, where should I stay? You know, even when, even like not from a luxury perspective, people want to know what the new hotel is, what the cool hotel is. Even if they're going there just for a rooftop drink or even if they go, you know, to, for dinner one night. Like, for me, that's so part of the language of traveling. 
when I was backpacking and I would just delight in the fact that the hostels were always in such good locations. Like you could stay on Prince's Street in the middle of Edinburgh. Like that to me was so cool because you're right next to this five-star hotel. Like you're getting, you get all of those amenities, quote unquote, without paying for it. So yeah, location means so much. Um, if anything, I sort of start with the tropes and I say, okay, what's like the what's the big deal? And then I see like what's underneath that if that's you know worth looking into, because like listen, there's some things that are must-sees for a reason, and then there's some things that you can say, okay, I'll discard that. That that is that's like not going to have any relevance to my story. But um, I sort of start with the stereotypes and I start with the touch points that I know, and then I go from there. I'm pretty safe, but only because I'm very naturally cautious. So I kind of always have my defenses up. (laughs) So I don't have to even think about being safe. Like that's just like my default setting. (laughs) So I like just let myself do that. And then when people surprise and delight me by being kind and lovely, (laughs) I'm I'm open to that. Um, But I have to say that I think um, if you have the personality where you're, you know, you, you you do kind of have your safety in the back of your mind, like that's that's really important. But having the personality where you're open to experiences is really helpful as well. And I think you'll find that people on the whole are good and they want to help you. And, you know, one of my sort of life manifestations that I try to, or like manifestos rather, that I try to live by is the world is conspiring on my behalf. Like, I like to pretend that everything is all working out in my favor and not even like f- for in a, in, a, in a good way, but how it's supposed to be. So, you know, I think as long as you, you're, you have your safety in the back of mind, you can kind of be open enough um, in the front of your mind for these kind of interactions to happen. Being on the road, like that's the place, like that's, you know, where you talk about like the golden age of travel and the romance behind travel, like it's it's travel, you know, it's not being in a bank all day. Like that's the place where, you know, the romance happens and the magic happens and you're you're forced to be introspective and you can't, you know, communicate with people <laughs> a lot of the time. So you're forced to just rethink the way you, you know, communicate and you, there's a lot of introspection involved. So if you let it, you know, there's this great quote, it's, um, travel is lethal to ignorance. Um, I think it's important to not let your vision get in the way of a good story. So one thing I always try to remind myself of, and I even have like a post-it on my desk um, that says, tell the truth. And so a lot of times when you travel, you know, your trip doesn't play nice. It doesn't play into the fantasy, right? Like this postcard perfect image. And I think it's so much more valuable when you tell the truth. Like when you describe the beach, tell me about the cigarette butts. (laughs) Because that shows life, like that shows real life. So that's something that... um, I try not to be too I try not to be too over prepared and go in with the story already written because then you don't let the story happen. <laughs> so my story is the cigarette butt.
thanks for listening to part seven of our travel writer's journey with Nicole Trillivis. All other episodes are available right now in the Circa app, ad-free, or anywhere you get your podcasts. This series was produced and edited by me, Neil Innes, and executive produced by Stacey Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Abby Glujanski. Huge thanks to Nicole for her time and wisdom. Be sure to check her out on Instagram and Twitter at Nicole Trillivas or at NicoleTrillivas.com. Continue or listen to this journey again right now in the Circa app. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it.